This episode of SWYE is brought to you by TacVent. If you wear Kevlar, you know how stifling they can get. TacVent can lower your body surface temperature by over 14 degrees. If roasting in the sun is the problem, TacVent is the solution. Go to TacVent.com and use the affiliate code MC10 for 10% off your purchase of TacVent. And now, this week's SWYE. This week, friend of the show Phil asks about questions to expect during your volunteer firefighter interview. The podcast that responds to all emergencies on and off the job. Here are your hosts, Motor Cop and the Happy Medic. Hey guys, I had a quick question for you. What should I expect at my volunteer firefighter interview that's coming up here in a couple days? Any insight would be uh, amazing. Thank you. Great question, Phil, and thanks again for being one of our uh, earliest patrons. Uh, We've actually had the opportunity to sit down and have a beer with Phil. And this is something that's not really covered out there as much as the career firefighter interviews. You know, there's... uh, There is no shortage of professionals out there that will let you know exactly what career fire department interview panels are looking for. You can take seminars. I've even been part of some of these seminars. You can get one-on-one coaching and training. There's certain ways to sit, uh, certain ways to start your question, uh, tricks to, to get your personal history and your experience in there. But when you're going in for an interview for a volunteer firefighter position, they're liable to ask very different questions, be looking for very different answers. Now, I had the opportunity to reach out to Phil personally a couple weeks ago, and I already know how his interview went, so if you want to find out how it went, you got to listen till the end of the show. One of the first pieces of advice I gave Phil was be yourself. Now, that's an easy way to say, uh, don't try to pretend to be somebody else, don't try to change your voice, um, you know, don't try to make yourself uncomfortable by trying to be something else, but it's also kind of a cliche, you know, go in and be yourself. Well, if you don't really have that great of a personality, maybe being yourself isn't the the thing they're looking for. But I'll be honest with you, for a volunteer fire company, what they're really looking for is someone that they're going to be able to jive with, someone that they'll be able to work with, someone that they'll be able to train. But most importantly, and what I told Phil, is they're looking for someone that they can rely on. This company isn't out looking for people just for fun. They're out looking for people because they need volunteers in their community. One of the things that might come up, one of the questions might be, what's your availability? Be honest with them. Don't tell them, oh, I'm going to come to every fire alarm and every call and everything that happens, but I happen to work two hours away, nights, uh, and I sleep all day. That's not really what they're looking for. And if that's your situation, maybe being a volunteer firefighter in that neighborhood or that community isn't the thing for you. But be honest about your availability. Let them know what hours you usually work uh, in your regular job. But you can also bring in other experience as you talk about that. For example, let's say you work part-time for a local ambulance company. You can let them know, uh, well, as, as you guys know from running calls with you, uh, I work for F&B Ambulance uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays on the midnight shifts. So you wouldn't be available for fire calls during those shifts, but the rest of the time you'll be available. So be honest about your availability from the very beginning. What they're really looking for in this interview is not only to make sure that you don't have a third arm growing out of your head, but do you appear physically fit and able to perform the duties? Can you be reliable? There is nothing 
Well, there's few things worse. I shouldn't say nothing. There's few things worse than a volunteer firefighter that never shows up for trainings, never shows up for meetings, and never shows up for calls for service. We might as well not even issue these folks gear if that's going to be the situation. Another thing that's gonna come up in this interview is it's not likely that they're going to be asking you difficult or challenging uh, fire suppression or vehicle extrication scenario questions. They're not gonna ask what would you do uh, if you had a, what appears to be single room and contents on the Alpha Bravo corner, uh, smoke venting out the eaves on the Delta side. They're, they're not going to go into that much detail. What they may ask you is, do you have any previous fire training or experience? If you do have that, bring it up. Bring your certs with you so they can take a look at it. Talk about some of the things that you, you feel you are confident in, but also make sure you mention things that you're not so confident in. It just might be that you mention, you know, um, I'm really comfortable at motor vehicle collisions. I'm really comfortable with uh, forcible entry equipment at a fire. Um, however, hazardous materials, I don't feel like I've gotten a lot of training in that area. It could be that this organization is looking to send some folks to hazardous materials training and you might have just gotten yourself on the short list for said training. Some other things they'll ask about is what you think the fire service is or what, you, what does the fire service mean to you? And this can be a sticky question. And a lot of folks will start tripping over, uh, I wanna get back to the community or I wanna help people in the community, but just be honest about why you wanna do it. Um, I, I can't give you what that answer is. I really can't. And it's going to be up to you to really just be honest about your motivations for why you're there. A lot of folks will also get stuck in this feeling that they have to try to impress who's ever at the interview. There's a good chance that it's not going to be uh, the chief of the volunteer company, although depending on how their org chart is, uh, it might be. Uh, you might be just talking with one of the uh, officers, and a lot of times in these volunteer companies, these officers are elected, not promoted. So it's really the community of firefighters that comes together and says, you know, um, Brian is one of our best firefighters and we wanna have him telling us what to do. He's good at getting training, so we're gonna make Brian the captain. It could be that you've got one of these type of officers conducting your interview and what they're looking for above anything else is can we train this person? Can this person be trained to do things the way we do it and meet the expectations that we're going to put forth as an organization? That is really going to be determined by your answers and response to availability, what you think of training, and their response to what you told them about why you want to be there in the first place. And those, those reasons can vary wildly from my dad was on the job to um, I have nothing else to do during the day, which may not be the strongest answers, but going in and being honest, especially if you're looking to get some training and experience and then start testing for career, this is the place to tell them about it. You don't wanna go through and find out, uh, they don't wanna go through this whole process, bring you in, train you just to find out that you've got your name on the list over at uh, Big City FD or Big County FD. They wanna be able to make an investment in their community. You're gonna put all, all the time, money, and effort into volunteering for this organization, if your intention is not to stick around very long, make sure you let them know. I've got a two-year plan, I've got a three-year plan, I'm gonna to go to paramedic school and my availability will be decreased. What they're hearing is, I'm someone who is out to make a difference, I'm someone who is going to better myself, and I am someone who can bring even more to this organization in the near future than I can right now. 
and they're thinking about that kind of investment in the future. They also want to make a positive example of their members. Um, every time you go out into the community wearing a Maltese cross or a Star of Life or on the PD side, you got your seven-sided star. I know PD's not wearing a lot of insignia lately. But anytime you go out with that symbol, you represent all of us. And it can be very difficult in some of these volunteer communities because they're usually smaller communities and everyone knows everyone else. And everybody might know that you're on the volunteer fire company and you're out doing something you shouldn't be doing wearing the t-shirt. I used to be that guy back in college when I got on as a volunteer, excuse me, got on as a volunteer back in 1995 in rural New Mexico. I would wear that t-shirt everywhere because I was so proud of the training that I had received that I would find myself out and about with friends um, and I'm still wearing the shirt. I still have my pager on me uh, and my radio and my gear and my truck, but I wasn't really thinking about how that looked to the community that, oh, well, you know, here's one of our volunteer firefighters uh, messing around at the pizza joint with his friends when maybe he should be at, at the firehouse waiting for a call or training or doing something else. So keep that in mind as they're going through and asking you questions uh, about how you relate to the community. The other thing they might ask about is extracurriculars or hobbies. They might be looking for someone in the trade. So if you've got experience as a plumber, an electrician, um, general contracting, they are going to gravitate towards you because of course, as we know, a lot of these skills go towards building construction and structural firefighting, but at the same time, being involved in those trades shows your volunteer fire organization that you are willing to take the time, the effort, and spend the money to learn a skill, a trade. And that's exactly what firefighting is right now at the volunteer level. It is a trade, but it is transitioning towards almost being a profession. And I know it's weird to think of a volunteer organization as a profession, but if that community has determined that the best way to provide fire suppression services is with a volunteer force, that means a lot of the administrative, pre-planning, and advanced response, uh, hazardous materials, technical trench rescue, you name it, a lot of that is going to fall on the volunteer firefighters. So you, instead of just having a pager on a Friday night, might actually have to put in a certain number of hours at that volunteer fire department to complete pre-planning inspections, hazardous materials inspections, uh, issue confined space permits. There's a number of different things that that organization may be taking on. And if you have experience in learning a trade, in completing college credits, in running your own small business, these are all things that could benefit their organization. But you need to be honest about your availability from the word go. Now, one other thing I wanna talk about when you go in for this interview is we're not just talking about you and your availability, but we're also talking about, is this organization a good fit for you? So before your interview, before you even put in an application, I expect you to either find some of these volunteers, go on a training night or day. Um, there's usually bulletins uh, at the firehouse that'll let you know when training is, or you can find someone and hey, but, you know, who should I talk to about maybe either doing a station visit or a possible ride along with your agency? Getting in and looking around, meeting the people, that is going to let you know if you are worth their time and effort. If you go in and you're seeing things you don't like, uh, the station's dirty, the guys aren't taking it seriously, the equipment's run down, maybe that's not the best place for you to start. 
And I'm not saying that to, to go against any volunteer organizations. I'm saying that as a volunteer who walked into some districts where I was and the rigs had low tires, uh, low air in the tires. The equipment wasn't clean. Their hose beds weren't ready to deploy. There just wasn't that pride of ownership that I expected. So I went to another district. You may not have that option with your volunteer fire agency, but if you go into this firehouse and the people are happy, you get a good vibe from them, you feel like you would be able to interact with them both socially and professionally, plus they seem to be giving you the vibe that they feel the same way, that's going to be a great fit. And I'll tell you what, word gets around these volunteer agencies faster than word gets around the firehouse at a career uh, firehouse kitchen table. If you put in for the interview and your name comes up and somebody who is on that tour or on that ride along recognizes it and had a positive experience with you, you are going to be going into that interview already with support behind you. Because as a fire officer, if I hear from my people that uh, Phil is a good guy, he was proactive, uh, he came by the firehouse, he was very respectful. Um, we've worked calls with him uh, you know, on the local ambulance or he's a volunteer sheriff's deputy or whatever it is, and we think he'd be a good fit. That chief is going to say, great, now I don't have to worry about this member being a good fit for my people. They already are, so I'm going to focus the interview now on hours of availability and their outlook for the future. Anything you can tick off that list in that interview is going to be beneficial for you. Well, there you go, guys. We did hear back from our good buddy, Phil, and he did successfully pass that interview and was invited to join his local volunteer fire organization. It's, it's reaching out to our peers and those that have gone through these experiences before that's really gonna help us grow as professionals. And remember, like I said before, even if you're just a volunteer, you still wanna act professional, you still wanna be professional and try to move your career and your endeavors forward. So congrats, Phil, and thanks again for being one of our earliest patrons. If you'd like to become a patron of, of our little radio show here, all you have to do is go to patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash w-y-e. Thumb us a couple bucks, help keep the show free. You can also go to w-y-e-radio.com, and there's the speak pipe button, the little blue microphone on the right-hand side, to send us your question to ask your fire, EMS, and law enforcement experts. So until next week, again, congrats, Phil. Thank you to our patrons, and thank you to all of you out there in the audience for listening, subscribing, and rating the show. We will talk to you soon. Until then, stay safe.